Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 mixologists. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni, and today we are going to be diving into some Bravo with a special guest whom I just had on not too long ago, uh, a week, maybe two. We had we did a bonus episode about The Bachelor with Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Literally, I call him, you know, like my pop culture, like guru. He is so good. His episodes are like church service. You don't even know how long you're there. You just know your soul feels refreshed and renewed when you get out. And he is here to not talk about a Bachelor this week, but to talk about what I love most, what we are all here for, and that is Bravo. So we are going to dive into New Jersey, Vanderpump Rules, Atlanta. Anna. We didn't get into Shaw's and I'm quite frankly okay with it. It was kind of boring. I didn't really, I watched the whole thing. Don't remember much other than Destiny flirting with that new girl's brother. That's pretty much it. So, and like, I guess we're to believe that they had sex or something. I mean, I'm still at this moment, uh, oddly team MJ, even though I definitely believe she tried to, you know, do some shady things to Reza and his husband's marriage, though I think there are some shady things already going on in that marriage. But like, I don't know, to leave your homegirl to like, you know, basically for lack of a better term, die in the hospital when the complications are severe for you to just send a text and be like, let me know if you need anything. Well, honey, sweetie, she needs you. Like you're her best friend. This girl's husband literally wrote you a text message to let you know the complications of the baby's birth and the ba- the baby's delivery and MJ's health because he thought you'd care because you are her best friend. So for you to like not jump and go, but to instead think that what your family was going through and what you thought this person put your family through was more important enough to call this girl and ream her out while she's in a hospital bed in the ICU and even if not in the ICU after giving birth like that's what you call her that's what's important to you because that's your family but what about her family like you could have at least seen her the day before if you you know had any care because the text you got was before you found out what her involvement may have been in the whole strip Jenga fiasco with this boy Ali Ashuri so I just, you know, I'm still weirdly team MJ because I'm usually not, but this is not right to shoot our friends like this. We visit our friends in the hospitals when they have complicated emergency surgeries. Shouldn't have to say that. Should be a no-brainer. Um, beyond that, congrats, Gigi, on getting pregnant. I believe this is the baby that she does not, you know, firmly make it. So I'm excited to watch her pregnancy journey as she is now pregnant and um, had a baby shower over the weekend with um, announcing that the baby's name, Elijah, which I thought was both Hebrew and mainstream at the same time, very much so Gigi. Um, And I I love the name. I think she looks beautiful pregnant. And we saw our girl, the alum of Shaz of Sunset, Lily Galici, millionaires who literally invented the world's like 
biggest lash company out of nowhere after Shaw's and then like got married to a billionaire, got a private jet, got a divorce. It was all very, very weird. And she was there with her new boyfriend or whatever. And it was, you know, great to see someone come and slum it with us down in the Bravo streets from high class life that was Lily Galici. So that's pretty much all I had for Shaw's anyway. And I just did it all in the intro. Sorry to bombard you with that. But up next, you'll be hearing from me and Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey about all things pop culture. We're about to have a little church service. So we'll be talking all the Bravo girls and what those Bravo girls are up to, where we're headed, why we're here, and who's responsible for dragging us down. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I hope you enjoy. Have a great day. And up next, Ryan Bailey. All right, guys, as promised, I am back. And I have with me a long time guest that literally I can't even believe it's been so long since we talked. And by so long, (laughs) I mean last week. (laughs) I have Ryan Bailey here with me from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. We did a bonus episode literally like a week and a half ago, depending on when you're listening to this, not too long ago about Bachelor hometown visits. And it was so much fun and incredible. But I had to have him back to talk what I know and do best, which is Bravo. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being able to come back two times in like a month. <laughs> oh my God, it's my it's a treat. What up, Mixing Nation? What's going on? Jeez. Uh, no, this is like... By the way, you said it because I just got off work and, and you were like, oh, so sorry for being late. But like, this isn't work. Like, this is like, I, I would, I, I, I would talk about this till the cows come home. I mean, this is actually like a treat. Like everything else is work in my life. This is actually amazing. <laughs> so thank you. Right. Exactly. Like getting up and going to do things that I actually get paid for hard. I mean, even shower, even shower. Take up a lot of time. Easy. <laughs> I mean, I can't even shout. Like, shower feels like work. Like, the only thing that doesn't feel like work is watching these shows, you know? Yeah, because I don't have to do, like, no one's expecting anything from me. No one's asking anything of me. I'm just there to simply indulge and formulate opinions. And that is literally the best part about all this. What do your friends think about your love of all of this stuff? Like, your close friends? Yeah, they all are very glad I have this podcast because they're tired of me talking to them about it. (laughs) Um, they're insanely shocked by quote unquote, how well I'm doing. And I use that very loosely because I don't think I'm like doing anything. Like I see the numbers and yeah, they're like, okay. But like, to me, it's just like, there are a bunch of friends and stuff that actually care, care about the things that I'm interested in. Whereas my friends like will periodically check my Instagram or something because they've all muted me and they'll be like, wow, you have more followers than I do. And this is like my personal account and I've had it for like five years. And I'm like, okay, lots of people like, bravo. Like I'm a small account in the grand scheme of things. They're like, really? Wait, what? Like, what do you mean you have to go home and record? Like, you can't stay. I was like, no, like I have to get on this podcast and do this. And they are just like, all about TV, huh? Like that one channel. You got a lot to say about like that one little network there. But that's why, I mean, that's why it's so important that this, it's so important that this network makes the right decision. So we have something to talk about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like this network has to like, we need to make sure it thrives so we can keep talking about this. Cause I don't want to like, I don't want to like talk about like, I don't know what like net, I mean, Netflix is getting in there, but like Bravo just, I couldn't imagine life without Bravo, but it's, it's weird. I was with my, 
I, I was with my friends this weekend uh, in Arizona and I have a lot of like, those are like kind of like guy contingent friends and they just, they, they think it's so silly. They think, I mean, all of it, the podcast, the shows, and they, I mean, they're getting a kick out of it now as it gets, a you know, as, as they think people might be listening to it. But the most part, they're just like, Oh, you could, you could talk to my girlfriend then she, she, she likes that stuff, you know? Yeah, and it's the reason your girlfriend is like the reason I'm successful. So it, don't <laughs> knock. <laughs> like, okay, so uh, I told someone, and it's not like a big deal, but like I got um, a sponsor, and they were like, "You got to like for what?" And I'm like, "People listen, guys. Like, people want to hear stuff about this. The same way I wanted to hear stuff." about this because you people won't talk to me about it like that's the point of all this and you're right like it's like bravo needs to make the right decisions but at the same time like i can't imagine my life without bravo it's been in my life now through middle school high school college and now graduate school and i don't know a world without it but at the same time i feel i fear a, a shoe dropping like something is luring like something's gonna happen and yeah. i don't know what it is and I hate to sound morbid but I feel like the downfall of Bravo is coming and I don't know what to do with it and sometimes I think I caused it and I don't know how <laughs> by, by the way I think I think we're like the I mean I hate to use like like superhero comic book movies but we're like the Avengers and we're like the good guys and we're trying to like help Bravo like we have to fight against the evilness that's inside of Bravo and get it out and put it into the light so, uh, so, so Bravo can, can like continue to be amazing for decades to come, but there's like right. Bravo's in a bad year, like a, a bad year in terms of like the people and the hate and all of this stuff this is just going in so many weird the directions. the worst time I've ever seen. And the only reason I feel confident saying that is because, and you know, we'll get to this a, l- a little bit later, but like I have put actual friends, families, partners through real binge sessions of Vanderpump Rules. I have made them sit through the glory of the first few seasons as it was glorious. And now to see where I feel and where I fall with this show now, which we'll get into later, I am disheartened and I'm like, how did we get here? I'll watch seasons of even OC. And I'll be like, there was glory here. Beverly Hills was like, first few seasons were some of the best TV I've ever seen in my life. And now to be here, it just feels like we have fallen from grace. And I don't know where we are. Like we're now all watching out of loyalty a lot of the times. Like I get a lot of people in my DMs who are like hate watching or they're like, oh, I gave up on the main girls and I feel dread. Like I posted a story of the other day of like me saying Vanderpump Rules is coming on and I literally feel my stomach flipping. I have zero notes. I don't, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to watch this. And I was, when did Bravo become obligatory? Because it used to be, you would run home to watch like a Tuesday night at Beverly Hills and it was fantastic. And then one glorious day, it just like walked into a Vanderpump Rules a la Sheena Chase Trey into the <laughs> kitchen where Katie was talking about her as the whore who slept with that Lisa's friend's husband. I'm like, and it's like you better thank things. thank your lucky stars she did that. Um, Sheena is a goddess. I will watch really her. Is. I mean, anywhere she way, goes. Sheena just makes me laugh. I've never seen somebody that's so. I mean, that's not unapologetically themselves, but at the same time, like I really just I enjoy her as a concept, and I think I. I mean, she's not hurting any. Like she's not out there really she's trying heartless. to hurt anybody. 
You know, the only the only person she that. she's so harmless. Like Mike Shea, she might have hurt a little bit, but he did a lot of crap in that relationship too. But uh, by the way, rest in peace, Mike Shea. I mean, not physically, but I just miss. Don't you miss Mike Shea on the show sometimes of just him like saying nothing and just looking into the distance? Yeah, that was a good time. He was always the with <laughs> That's it. A good but like <laughs> that poor man, I hope he's gotten the help he needs and like, you know, is no longer on drugs and things. But yeah, I mean beyond that, like Sheena, yeah, you're right. Sheena is like totally um harmless. She's not really like what she who she is and her character flaws don't really upset humanity. Like that's the beauty of Sheena the one thing you can say about her is that she's boy crazy and a bit delusional, but not delusional in like a, she doesn't understand how the world works kind of way. She doesn't understand how like love works and how yeah. just because they sleep with you doesn't mean they want to marry you type of thing. But also like, I feel like she, you know, like, do you ever think about those like, uh, like, like where you think about like how people love, like how they choose to love other people. Like my concept of love is probably different than Sheena's concept of love. So like, I can't judge her concept of love where like for me, like if I fall in love, like I fall like really deeply in love and I want to know every part of that person. And I want to like, like I want it to be like souls connecting and fireworks. And, and Sheena has that with everybody, you know, like Sheena could. And I love what, it. Everybody's her best friend. Yeah. I love to be like, best friends with Sheena. Oh my God. And by the way, I don't think it would take much. I think you could have like it two good conversations think. with her and she would be like, oh my God, Monty's my best friend. That's, this is amazing. And I've heard that she still works at Sir, as most of them don't, but she does, and not just contractually, but like once or twice a week. She literally is there, non-camera, not mic'd, because she like physically likes the people she likes to in be- her sections being lo- like loving her. And what well, any an easier job as a waitress because people aren't going to be like outright dicks to you as they would yeah. to any regular waitress because in this country we physically do not like that deal service people for whatever yeah. reason we just can't stand them so she like loves it because they're nice to her they fawn over her and she just gets drinks and tips and stuff but doesn't have to do anything well i was Shana. at yeah yeah i was i was at tom tom a couple weeks ago with with Mallory, the girl who runs that Real House Pins of OC uh, account and stickers and stuff, and we had, and Sheena was there, and like Sheena came over, talked to us. She was so, I mean, she was just so above and beyond nice, and not in a fake way, in a very like, oh, I like that you guys like me way, you know. And it was cool. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like I thought. The glory days of Sheena. Oh, she was such a good one. She really has done so much for us and for Bravo TV. And I think she's just really a martyr in a lot of ways. And we need those. They're they're far few between. Like, we don't get quality, quality episodes of Bravo all the time. So we have to kind of appreciate them for what they are. Because I was so excited about this trailer and this super tease that came out for the finale of the Housewives of New Jersey. Oh my and God. Much to my chagrin, literally the three minute trailer was pretty much the entire finale. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it was, I, it, the, 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 the reunion made me excited that I watched the whole season of Jersey, you know, like it made me, I was oh, like, absolutely. Oh. I was like, oh, it's all going to pay off. And like, you know, like, oh, this is going to be great because I really do have so many questions about the Joe relationship still. And I have so many questions. It seems like they really touch on so many of these amazing moments. And then they still have the dramatic thing of Danielle Staub, where it seemed like she was almost in full Joker mode. You know, she was like, right. yeah, she wait till they get a load also, of me. Full Vicky Gumbelson. It definitely felt like. But 
you know, and as far as this finale went, I feel like this season gave me a little bit of New York vibes. And New York is sometimes that season and that, that show that is just steady. There are no yeah. highs, yes. there are no lows. It's just good TV every week. It's comfortable television. It's the right amount of drama, the right amount of bullshit. I like love that. I love comfortable. Bored. I love that word, comfortable television. I love that. Yeah, it's like not too, you don't ever feel too bored or too riveted or too angry. It's just kind of there. And that's yeah. what I felt like would happen with this season of Jersey. It wasn't a table flip. You know, it wasn't deportation in prison. And that's kind of... The thing is that we've lost sight. We don't know. We don't know a jersey without some major controversy hanging over our heads. We've had shitty family dynamics. We've had families quitting each other, like families quitting the family. The most, <laughs> the first few seasons of Jersey were everyone was related in some way or another. So we've had like major dynamics, and everyone against Teresa, and then like. Melissa comes and then there's christenings and then there's prostitution <laughs> whores and there's Rosie and there's like, you know, uh, I miss, I miss Rosie major, so major much. Shit. Oh, I, 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 Rosie. I miss Rosie so much. I mean, that's, but, but, but you make such a great point of like, it was, it was very study this season. And even the intense things that you would think would be so intense, like the Joe and Teresa uh, you know, like what we just saw in the finale, it was not, it was, it was pretty still level-headed. There wasn't, insane drama you just watch the slow dissolution of this relationship and they, they both you both you saw them both understand that this was not going to continue and there wasn't screaming and fighting it was just kind of a uh not with a bang but a whimper you know and right it but was we're really not in prison anymore and yeah. i think that's what people don't get about jersey is that like it's gonna shift no one's in prison like, no one, Teresa's out, deportation is kind of coming to a close. Like, all the major issues are settling. And reasonably, Teresa and Melissa are pretending to get along really well. So we don't have a lot <laughs> of the same problems as we used to. So we're just looking at Jersey, like, what do we do with this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, but, but, that, but that's why I even loved the teaser for the reunion that, I mean, either they're really just good at editing trailers, but they always... This this made me get excited for it. I was like, oh, oh, right, oh, I'm same. fully in. I'm fully in. I cannot wait to watch this. This is what a treat this will be. The only thing that I hate with any of these reunions is that instead of three hours, why don't we do a good hour and a half? Like a solid start to finish hour and a half. Like I want I want all the air taken out of it and just give me one night of glory. One night of the best so reunion. So Bravo did that with um, married to medicine, and I thought it really paid off. It's probably top four Bravo shows ever, like to date in history. Um, and still, because a lot of people who I talk to about it who don't really know about married to medicine, I always say, Yeah, they've been on like seven, eight seasons, and that's, that's insane for Bravo. They've been on the same amount of time of Vanderpump Rules, but no one's like had any major problems they also have pretty much the same cast with a couple of newcomers and you know old people they rotate in and out but at the same time their ratings have been not only consistent but the last two or three seasons it's gone up so like they're really doing well and reunion i didn't even know it was going to be two hours but the first night of the reunion it was two hours straight like it didn't they didn't break it up and i was like this is really good Dude, see that's what i want i don't I don't want to. Well, you know how like the OC this season was like 
you by the the second part, you're like, I've seen enough. I don't need any more. I'm good. Like, there's nothing that another hour. Oh, you meant of like the, the the second minute. Yeah, exactly. Like he was like, I already know what I'm getting. This is horrible. Like I don't want to spend my life like this. Th- that's what you're talking about. Th- me watching three parts of an OC reunion is fully out of obligation at this point. Period. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Jersey would have definitely benefited from just having like a two hour special yeah. on a Wednesday, or just like push it to like a Sunday or something, and just give us two full hours nonstop. Like commercials and everything are fine, but just don't stretch it out over weeks. People forget the ratings are fluctuate. It was like so weird and wonky when they did that to OC. But I think that this reunion, like you said, will be a treat, and we deserve it after this really <laughs> C plus finale that we got from Jersey. Like half it was an hor- episode, yeah, horribly was a disjointed. Yeah, horribly disjointed. Were you confused by about? I got confused by about. 827 when I thought I was an hour late because yeah, I started yeah, yeah. seeing Jackie's like yeah, I was like wait Teresa's, uh, uh, but also like I was like wait the Teresa flip off is happening this early in the show like I was so confused I didn't realize the second half was going to be the Joe and Teresa show which by the way if they did Joe and Teresa like unplugged when when like remember they did the interview on watch what happens live they made it like an hour long special why didn't they just do the Joe and Teresa hour-long special with the kids and make it an entirely different thing. Like, make it its or own like, separate entity. Don't fold it in Jersey. An hour of finale and then 30 yes. minutes of them right yeah, out like, there. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, like like how they did with, like, Summer House and Vanderpump Rules back in the day when they made us watch both. Remember? They made it, like, oh, seem like it was a, a two-hour two hour Vanderpump rules and all of a sudden I'm and by the way don't I hate Bravo like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like let me discover Summer House don't force Summer House upon me like I like Summer House but I they think we're idiots they think we're idiots on when they do those like two hour specials where it's just it's it's the highest form of it's 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 trickery and I will not stand for it which by the way you need to you know what you need to do you need to do you would be so you need to do the money state of the union the the Bravo State of oh the Union. God. You need to make the full Bravo State of the Union speech, and then we write it up like the Declaration of Independence or something, and like really make it official. Like year to year, you need to do like the Monty Bravo State of the Union. And you know what? I'm totally into that because most people who, especially, have listened since like day one, know I'm actually obsessed with politics. Like, and I absolutely love it. And it's kind of the reason why I approach Bravo with such a level head because I'm just like, it's not just about characters and plot here. What are we actually watching? Like, what are we spending our time on? And with Jersey, I definitely was like, we could have. We did not need, to be honest, if you ask me, we didn't even need the Italian special. I know that's a hot take. People are going to get really annoyed by that, but we didn't need it. I did not need to know that Joe went into the system, literally was in ice, and then is going to come out and complain that there's like no bellhop or something at the hotel. I don't need to see that he's an asshole. I knew that. I watched all 10 seasons. See, but to me, the intricacies of the character work when you're watching like, see that I got really into watching the girls' reactions to him, watching the one girl that didn't know, like, realize, like, she was so tiny that she didn't have tons of memories about her father. Like, I love, like, when he was put, when he was trying to put his arm around uh, Teresa at, at when they were shopping, he's like, you know, and said, like, hey, we should go. I want to take you to Monte Carlo someday. I want to take you there. And you, you have no money, Joe. You could just tell she did, was not into it at all. And to me, that was 
some of the eeriest best television that two minute scene where he's trying to hint that he wants to stay at her place that night and he's twirling that glass yeah, of wine she shut that it, down oh but it was one of the most it was one of the most dramatic insanely sad be- to me beautiful scenes that i've seen on bravo in a long time because you saw this man realize that he had taken it one step too far finally and he did officially lose teresa and i thought that is that is character development that is something that like that is a full circle moment i just hate that they did it where it was so choppy within the confines of real housewives of new jersey the show right you know what you you definitely raised good points i was just so emotional in a bad way when watching it when i was just like you don't get to complain about parenting you've been away for this many years like he was already oh. complaining like get your stuff get your stuff i'm like you don't get to do that you just oh, don't there's- she was a single mom for all these years there's also, no doubt he's in the wrong prison. Of course, she's not going to sleep with you. She went to jail, like jail, like actual like prison. <laughs> like, there is no doubt. Can't. There is no doubt he is in the wrong. There is no, no doubt. But to me, that is exactly why he is in the position that he's in, is that he still is, even though, you know, he's saying he changed and all this stuff. He's still the same kind of person and still in that same kind of Italian culture where it's like, I'm the man, you know, come on, let's go. Let's go. You know? Mm, very good point and you know what that makes me the fact that you just said that it it makes me think of the reunion trailer all over again because there's a moment when Andy asks Joey Teresa's brother (laughs) if he ever talked to Joe about cheating on his sister like you know what and Andy asked that and I never would have thought to ask that question but at some point I'm thinking to myself as much as Joey perpetuates this Italian man culture as much as Joe subscribed to it to the point of the fault of his sister. The problem is everything Joey professes is what Teresa and Joe were. Those Gorga children were obviously raised to think that one formula was meant to work and it doesn't work. Like it literally got Teresa and Joe into a shit ton of trouble. And Melissa was not happy and fulfilled just staying at home either and it caused tension in the relationship over the years and I was looking at it like yeah Joey that's a really good question like is there ever a a line that these Italian men personas cross like was there where is the line for you because you're talking about you know all these things that a wife is supposed to do and a man's supposed to do and in a lot of ways Teresa did it but Joe was still a shit husband where was her line when was she supposed to stop standing by her man and all that and did you yeah. ever tell this man excuse me you can't cheat on my sister like you need not put her in jail when her mom is dying like things like that like did you ever talk to him about anything yeah. other than encouraging him in in prison because who was encouraging Teresa that's always my question yeah. and it's not because I love Teresa it's just like everybody was always keeping Joe's spirits lifted because he's losing yeah, his but mind what, eyes. what about Teresa kids, yeah. but what about Teresa who has literally had to come out there and be like, whether she wanted to leave the show or not, which I don't think she ever would have wanted to, she had no choice. Like nothing was ever a choice anymore because she has four daughters and a shit ton of debt because of this man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, but the, the Italian culture is very interesting. Like Joey Gorga is very interesting to watch because I feel like he is a, he's somebody doing an imitation of what he thinks Italian men should be uh, from, from everything that he's seen around him. I, mm-hmm. I believe that Joey Gorga is like doing like, I mean, I, he, I feel like, like even like with all that stuff he's doing on Instagram about his, you know, motivational quotes and all this, like, it's such a big, 
it's such a big act to me. Like, I feel like he would be the first person to cry. He's the first person to believe that he's probably not good enough. Like, I feel like he deals with such deep, deep insecurity. I could be reading completely into this. Which no, is what I we, think you might be right because what we do with all our like, those, um, those fake posts that he's done of his house flips. Yes, I'm saying like the guy is down, and you're right. It's so important for him to be successful and thought of as a real man, a real, mm-hmm. real like it's, it's very important to him. How we were introduced to Joey Gorga was in the the christening with Joe Giudici and saying that like you know Joe. Joe tore me and my dad apart, you know, like he, he's always the most sensitive one yet. He's still trying to like do this big, like I'm a man, I'm an Italian man and I take what I want. And like, and I think it's all like built on like a, it's just all, it's all shit. I mean, and, and even in the, the trailer, we see that Andy, uh, when he's like, you, you only have three sperm and he's like, I'll get you pregnant with one of those sperms, Andy. Like it's everything's, everything's a bit, you know? No, absolutely. I would agree. And, you know, the man, the man dynamic on Jersey is always so interesting to me. And, you know, everybody knows each production company is different for each of the franchises. And I've heard that allegedly Jersey is the only franchise where the men get paid. So that's why we see so much of them. And that's why they film scenes outside of the women, because most other shows don't do that because Jersey men actually get a check. So they're not just getting dispersed money like, you know, King and Moore on Atlanta used to always be accused of giving her men money uh, because you, you, the women can disperse that money however they choose. And it's a great amount of money depending on what, what franchise you're on. But the Jersey men get a check. And the dynamic of the Jersey men is always so interesting to me because they're all so alike and so different at the same time. And Frank is probably my favorite next to Marge's husband. It might be tied. And it's sad because Frank Sr. is not even a Jersey husband. He's an ex-husband. <laughs> has no actual romantic ties to Dolores whatsoever, even though they sleep in the same bed at vacation and occasionally kiss on the lips. But in the reunion trailer, we see Dolores talking about how she's pissed at something because she knows she's such a great catch. And there were rumors that especially around that time, she and David, her... Um, mythical existence, <laughs> but also fictional. The, the snuffleupagus, um, yeah. Uh, right. Boyfriend, who is a, um, a very, very cool and respectable kind of OBGYN surgeon type of person. He and her broke up after all the time we saw of her building his house without him. Um, yeah. Are we surprised? No, I mean, 100%. I think, you know, uh, whether a man likes his job or not, you can tell on screen really quick. Like, the the thing that's beautiful about cameras is that they pick up, by some weird alchemy, they pick up what we're thinking. Like, so anytime we see a movie, anytime we see a TV, we can tell what actors are thinking. We can tell what they're thinking, or we can tell what people are thinking when the camera catches them, you know? And what we saw from their relationship is a relationship that was void of passion, you know, whether he's passionate about his job is one thing. That's great. Like, go work your... He when passionate he's, about her. But when he's with her, it was just a flat line. There was nothing there, you know? And it was, like, out of... And he, he, By the way, I, I want to also point out, he wasn't mean to her. He wasn't outwardly mean like some of the other guys are there to their girl, or even Atlanta guys are to their girls. But he was not interested in her. You would never have think... 
you, you know, you would have never have thought of like, man, I can't, I bet they get freaky in bed, you know, like you, they're, yeah, like you even, they they're not even sleeping in the same night. bed. He took a yeah. gun class instead of going anywhere with her. Yeah. No, I mean, I would, I would hope for, I mean, I'm not even the biggest fan of her as a, you know, I mean, I like her more because of Frank Tanya, you know, like that's, it's, it's crazy. Oh, but, I love Frankie. Well, but by the way, though, Moni, like he's also not like he's in a great position on that show because if we really were to dive into Frank's life, I'm sure he's probably hooking up with tons of girls. Like he said, he's like, I, I, I know I can't be with her because I would flat out cheat on her all the time. Like, you know, it's like he's done some really bad things. I super appreciate him being that kind of honest. But he wasn't that kind of honest for so much of his life, Monty. He learned that honesty. You know, like that's his problem to begin with is that, I, you know, we didn't see all the pain that he put Dolores through. You know, he put her through so much pain. The cameras weren't on. He's now in this kind of position where he's like he can be a philosopher. He can be jolly. He can be a nice guy, all that stuff. And he probably really is all of those things. But I think sometimes we discount that he put her through so much pain very early on in their relationship. And so now also we're seeing very the recently effects. in their non-relationship, because remember, she found out during oh. the reunion on national television, along with us, that yeah. he got disbarred. Yeah. And, and yes. there was like public record footage. Yeah. It looked like a C-SPAN special. Very <laughs> like Housewives of D.C. era. But that's the hard thing about these guys, though, is that like, they're they're so charming. Like I love Frank Catan. Like he's so fun to watch. He seems like the kind of guy you would want to have a beer with. And like I would love to hear Frank like say something about like what do you think about my life? Like me tell like like uh, here's what you got to do. Like I would love to get advice from Frank Catania. You know? I know. I I think that there's such a great. They really have a great connection. It's just that it's not one that is feasible anymore. Love isn't well, always enough. They say. But, but also, who knows, though? Like, that's what I was saying. Life is long. You know, they could be one of these people when they're in their 70s that, you know, not even like – but, like, I think even without the sex, there is such a strong bond there now and a bond, obviously, that will be there with them both for their entire rest of their lives. And I think that's also what we pick up on, too, is that they've defined their relationship very differently than most of us, but at the same time – uh, you know, that works for them, obviously, even if we don't understand it. And it's something that's very important to both of them. And I think that's right. kind of cool. I would completely agree. And lastly, with Jersey, we have Danielle Staub, who throws <laughs> a fit because she cannot sit next to Andy, very a la Vicky Gumbleson in OC. She I'm an original the, housewife. Oh, I am OG hear me roar thing. And boy, do we hear her. And I mean, I'm not surprised. I think she knew this was her final reckoning. This was her, her ending. And she had to do something to prove that she matters. And I think she just was trying to see, gauge how much she mattered to them. And, you know, production doesn't give a fuck. They'll candy you. They'll give you a pacifier. And they'll just be like, you know, girl, we don't need you to make this show. But yeah, sure, at a, cer- we'll at a certain there. point. At a certain point, they don't need anybody. Nobody is beyond getting fired. And especially when you have a high price tag, which I'm sure she gets paid very well for when she does pop up. At a certain point, that's just like you're you're digging your own grave, especially if you're hard to work with. Like nobody right. like I you know how like like we probably both work with people of like, well, uh, this person is a great worker, but um they're not 
they, they can't get along with anybody. This person's not as good of a worker, but everybody loves that person. You're usually going to go with the person that everybody loves. Right. At least it's easier to give some kind of instruction to direct. Yeah. I mean, they are trying to make a TV show, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, but, like, she really, like, I love, like, it's so dramatic. She's like, didn't she say something like, it all in, it all ends here? <laughs> Which is just yeah, it's so extra. Like, Danielle, you're only in this position because you did the worst thing possible. You physically assaulted someone's ponytail. But also, you threw the only person on your side under the bus and the only person whose opinion has ever really mattered on the show simply because you're talking about you're an original housewife. Teresa is an original housewife. Like she's literally been on the show all the years except for the times that she was in prison and then came back like you can hate Teresa you can love Teresa but her dedication to this one show is next level and she was your only ally and you threw her under the bus and there's something about loyalty I sound like you're saying that but it's just there's something about loyalty especially when she rode so hard for this woman Teresa has been forgiven her telling being a Daniel apologist and for her to just be like well actually it's all Teresa's fault. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? The other girls were going to be like, oh, fuck you, Teresa. We're rallying behind Danielle. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. I mean, do you, are you, are you okay with this being the final appearance of Danielle Staub? And do you believe that in any sort of way? I think it'll be the final appearance because I don't think Bravo will let her back on. I think she's too much of a liability for a lot of reasons. But also, we're not dealing with the same kind of wackadoo Danielle that we were in the early seasons. I could really get behind that Danielle because she was easy <laughs> to hate, but was it was it was kind of a harmless hate. Like she would provoke you to the point of doing something, not you could provoke her to the point of like her going nuts. This is just desperation. This Danielle, like Vicky this season, were just they were just desperate. And I don't like desperation in my housewives. So I'm happy <laughs> to see her go like, you know, beyond a reasonable amount. Like it's overpowering when I can smell it from my screen that you're in there for way more than just a couple of pennies that you're trying actively to vie for that spot, that spot as a full-time housewife next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, yeah, she could go. it'll be interesting next season though, to see what they do with the season. Now that the Joe will probably not be a storyline, you know, I think we're in trouble with Jersey. And I hate to say that because I like Jersey. I like these women. That's the problem is that I actually like this group. And you're not supposed to get attached because these things <laughs> change and they're not, they don't always work. Cause I'm like, y'all aren't going to give me anything. I actually want to hang out with y'all. And that's not what I need from my house lives. It's crazy because it, it doesn't work. So I think Jersey's going to be in trouble, especially without Danielle, without Joe and with, with Teresa being kind of a little bit more mellow. I think we're in trouble. Do you but, think, I mean, do you, uh... 
Well, I mean, like you made an, a point earlier, you were saying like, like kind of like they had like a little bit of a New York season where it's like everything was like, I mean, I genuinely do enjoy hearing all of these ladies talk about nonsense, whereas like OC and Beverly Hills, I do not want to hear it. Like they they bore me when they talk about nonsense, but like here they can talk about like, you know, remember they did like one scene in a gift shop where they were just shopping for little knickknacks. And I was like, found it fascinating. I was like, oh, I love them. talk. Like <laughs> they really seem to like work well with each other and just in how they are and how they relate to each other. And I love that. I think really is where Jennifer shines uh, because she does kind of talk. Jennifer's some, amazing. She I talks to really she's a really things. good housewife because she's messy in a authentic kind of way, but she's so she, multidimensional because when she goes home, she's so endearing that it's like, eerie. yeah, you're you but then when, a little assaulted by how much you like her when she's dealing with her brother, her daughter. That yes, kind of exactly. And, and by the way, that's what I think is so great about these shows is that they do see both sides where they show the tackiness of somebody that wears the shirt that says, what, what is the shirt she, she was wearing? To like um, get sorry, get back sorry. at yeah sorry not sorry or something like that it's just like it's so tacky she thinks she's like doing like oh check me out boom and it's just like okay cool you wore a t shirt that's kind of weird you know right. but like I, I but you need that you need those characters that think they're getting back at somebody so we all can kind of inwardly laugh and go Haha, I would never wear a t shirt that's hysterical and see that's just not Danielle anymore she doesn't give us that multi dimensional thing and. She's just one of those friends of that you don't really need. And I'm happy Bravo got rid of her. You know, it's not the same to be said over in Atlanta where, though I know probably many of the reasons why Marlo won't get a peach, the woman deserves. Like, the four and a half minutes Marlo was on the screen. She's great. It was she great. She was, was the great. more riveting character of the whole show. Well, she really, I mean, I feel like she was the fulcrum that set things in motion for that final scene. You know, she really kind of stepped, I mean, I don't know, for me that, yeah, that really is when that whole uh, episode came alive for me was when that all happened. Because then, then it kind of, to me, then everything kind of started happening, you know. But right. for uh, a while I was like, where's Marlo? Like, I, halfway through the, what Raven from Mainly Bravo was calling the Midsommar. Um, yeah, I know. I love all the flowers. Baby shower. Yeah. which now I can't unsee it. I was like, why aren't we leaving with Marlo? Why aren't we going where Marlo's going? Why aren't we doing things Marlo's doing? Where's Marlo's scenes with Candy, with Nene, with Portia? She's friends with half the cast. Everyone but Ken Kenya, basically. So I'm just like, okay, why aren't we there? But instead we get a baby shower <laughs> and then a flashback to the 1930s you know those episodes of like every sitcom where they do a flashback and are on like the set of i love lucy or something yeah or yeah, like yeah, in totally. the 20s they always do that for every sitcom especially back in the day in the 90s and whatever they would always do some kind of sitcom uh flashback where we're watching like i love lucy or Cheers or Three's Company or something like that. And so here we are with everybody being so beautiful and a beautiful, what empowering baby shower where, you know, Kenya, I mean, Eva's finally found her happy and there's a baby coming. And then we got Kenya, 
who takes us back to like the 1930s in a the least convincing way I've ever seen. Because I think the <laughs> problem with the dynamic of Kenya and Mark is that Kenya is talking about her role as a wife and what is expected of her and her submission. But I don't even think she believes that she can live up to that. I think she yeah. just thinks that she has to do that because she seems so frustrated that Mark didn't like her three ties that she picked out which, <laughs> hey, tell that man, that grown-ass man get his own goddamn ties. I will say, I mean, this. I was watching that, and, like, I am definitely, you know, I'm not a huge, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of issues with her over the years, you know? Like, I, I just, you know, I've not really been the biggest fan of her, hers, but, like, it did, like, even when the tie thing and, like, her bringing out, like, she was really making such a point of how much she does do for him, and I gotta, like, it really is another reminder is that, like, kind of, women like women are just better than men and the fact that this guy like i i I found it kind of weirdly hysterical that they were having like what what was it like the the men's the men's team building conference or like what was the oh yeah it's it was was like um a event for atlanta's men basically to mentor um younger black men of atlanta so just to kind of show them that like they can actually amount to something and i know i say actually very loosely and also you know facetiously because that's kind of the point is that it's like oh of course they can amount to something but they especially in atlanta they don't always know that and a quick psa because i spent a lot of time in the court systems of atlanta doing um clerk work for law firms and stuff like that uh and and in criminal courts and it's I wanted to be a lawyer my entire life. I did, I did one internship as a criminal defense attorney's um, legal assistant for two months, and I never wanted to consider law again. I was sick in the courtroom every single day because of Atlanta's court system, uh, wow. their criminal court system, and how they are, especially against young Black men. There were plenty of times in Fulton County which is where, like, um, Michael Sterling is a lawyer. Eva's husband uh, is yeah. a defense. Uh, um, I think he's a, a prosecutor. There were plenty of times where they would just line up the defendants in front of the judge, like, in maybe cases of eight of them or nine of them, and make them each individually plea, like, enter their plea for separate cases, like, not even related, but they would just have that many a day that they would just line them up in like rows of eight and just have them all go one by one and the judges give out sentences one by one. And pretty much all would enter guilty and it would be like the most, some of the things that I had seen were so devastating and like I would be sick to my stomach and would throw up because of how young some of these kids were. And and I'm young, so for them to be younger than me and in adult criminal court, I was just like, and the sentences I would hear. So I fully understood why Mark wanted to do this. And but do you think was, Mark is the right person to do this? I think it should have been Michael Sterling. Exactly. I don't that, know I mean, why my, this is. See, like, I felt like know. Mark wanted. I mean, I could be wrong, but it felt like Mark, you know, wanted to do a big show about how good Mark was. When I don't know, you just didn't like it. It felt very, um, I don't know. It just something about like when, 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 uh, Michael Sterling, you know, when he, he spoke, I thought that was like 
really amazing, you know, but Mark, I just felt like was like, it just kind of felt like he wanted Pat's on the back. A little yeah. Bit. And it felt like that for weeks because I had never, I, when I finally, when we finally got, you know, insight into what this event actually was, I did get why he wanted all of the husbands there. I mean, obviously sure. it makes a lot of sense. They're all successful men and they're not in the criminal system. So he would want them to all, you know, be them to be, to be seen as like, you can be something in your community, in this area, provide for your family, all of that. But for the longest while, I was like, what is this man's infatuation with every single one of these husbands being there? Like, yeah. why does he need Nini there? Why is King sitting down with because to make uh, beyond i think he just wanted kenya to have to eat crow for some of these women that's what it literally felt like that he wanted to just be so against her to be like nini i really want you right there like i must have you there we can't go be on our best behavior right ken i'm just like Yes, I get it. You should have Greg there. You definitely should have Paul there. He is a freaking cyber millionaire in Atlanta. Like, he's a great deal. He's a big, big deal out here. Of course, you should have them there. But, like, your wife called the woman the C word. So, instead of publicly <laughs> denying this, you know, your wife and her relationship with like Nini and stuff, why not just take her side a little bit? Even though she's wrong, we don't all need to know it. I don't like knowing what goes on in your house. That's what, like, at least that's maybe how I was raised. And I could just feel like I, they would fight like the blinds were open in their home. And we all are just looking in. But isn't that interesting, though, like, you know, about, like, I mean, you know, what is expected of a man or something like that. But it's like, you know, if you're trying to be an all-around good man, being a, I would imagine, or, or I would hope that being, a, or trying to be part of a good man is, also trying to treat the person that you committed to in a marriage with, you know, the utmost respect. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, or I, I, I mean, obviously I know I've, I've gone through my own relationship hells and stuff, but it, 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 it was very sad, especially when he, he knows cameras are on this whole scene. He knows he's mic'd up. He knows like, so it's like each time he kind of talked shit about her. It was just like, ugh, it just, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yes. Each time I was like, you've been on, first of all, when we first met him, he wanted nothing to do with the cameras. And I'm still questioning myself how we went from him wanting nothing to do with being on screen to him being so comfortable being an asshole to his wife. On screen, yeah, that's the other, okay, that's the other thing too. I feel like it's like there's two, two, but two kinds of sociopathic behavior. The sociopathic behavior where you act completely nice on camera and then behind the scenes you're a monster or the kind of person that's like sociopathic enough to, be an asshole on camera, knowing that full well there's cameras around, knowing full, and that's the thing I always question is that like, you know then you want to hurt your wife and you're also cocky enough to not give a rip on how you're acting or how you're thought of. Like you're that cocky that you will not, like you know you're being picked up. You've seen these shows, you know, it's not like he can, but like all like, oh, you know, you tell them they're done filming, you tell them, you know, and it's like, dude, you're, you know, if anything, this would help this cause that you supposedly care so much about for the young men of Atlanta. Then why would you ever, like, you know, why would you ever confuse things by turning it into a circus where you're disrespecting your wife? And that's right. not an example you want to show any young men either, you know? Right. I just, it, it all felt so placed 
and like he did this, and I can't get my mind around why he's here. Because and you know what I, I I think he was. Do you think he was doing that to force force the issue of their separation? Like, so you think yeah, was- I said to someone in my DMs the other day, I was like, I think he did the, the actual routine housewife move where you go on the show to get divorced. Yeah, which is yeah. what people you know said that Shannon did. Um, it's what people definitely said that Carrie Brittenham did over in Dallas. I mean, that one, that much is pretty much obvious. Like there have been plenty of housewives that have gone on the show just to get divorced to prove to their men, like, you know, these are our problems. This is why it kind of induces a conversation, if not a separation, but it also gives them a sense of like, look, I can be defend- like independent of you and without you. We've just never seen that really happen by a husband. We've never seen them use their wives platform, which I think he just knew that that would be Kenya, but he also probably knew he would have to do a shit ton to get rid of her. Because the way Kenya talks about Mark, even now in real life, she wants so badly to make this work because she doesn't give a fuck if she's disrespected. And that's the problem. People think Kenya is just this monster. She is the most insecure woman who is so afraid of being unlovable. Not unloved, <laughs> literally unlovable. Her own that's mother does not love yeah. her. She is like, trying to grasp at straws so if she can get this man to love her she's golden in her mind and he because he doesn't she he had to literally go on tv to tell this woman you could do better and she still didn't get it like she still did not get it she said something like um this is our first event where me and mark are going out there as you know mark daly and his first lady i was like excuse me aren't you the full-time cast member of a show that you've been on for like seven, six years in a city you've lived in for like 10 to 15 when this man doesn't even live here? His return address is New York. What do you mean his first lady? He is no one in Atlanta. He is not Mr. Society in Atlanta. He is a New York (laughs) businessman. (laughs) Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, it. I mean, it's it's really it's 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 really dark. And are we? How much longer of the season do we have with Atlanta? We don't have much. But I think they just have to go to Greece, and I think that's it. What did you think of the Wendy Williams conversation? I mean, I've I watched so much Wendy Williams. I've seen it all play out in real time, um, where. It seems that Wendy needs wanted Nene to stay on the show, and Nene wants Wendy for show. Like <laughs> Nene literally only wants Wendy to be her friend to show that she is still the biggest Rel- thing to come out of Housewives of Atlanta. But you know that that whole it's it seems so performative of the you know the, the over over laughing on that scene. You know, of like, oh, girl, <laughs> everything was like, oh, you said the best thing. It's like when you're with that that person that you really want, like, you're, you know, it's like it's like if we hung if we hung out with Sheena, we would be laughing at everything Sheena said because we want Sheena to like us so bad. And it was like on both sides. I couldn't tell who was kissing each other's butt more, you know. Right, absolutely. And I'm just like, yo, Wendy's funny, but she's not that funny, Nene. Calm down. No, we she's not it. funny at all. And she's like, well, you take you take your, you know, and I was just like, what are you, what is this even? I, just like Nene, Nene don't on the show. Funny. Nene just wants someone who is not her enemy, who is more powerful than all the people that are. 
bloop. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I just feel like uh, it's such a weird conundrum because I don't believe, I do believe in karma and the way that Mark treats Kenya is a lot like how she treats other people. And though I like Kenya, she is flawed in character on how she treats Yeah, see, see. She sat down with Tanya and was like, (laughs) you know, um, she was like, we need your husband, your fiance to come. And I'm really sorry. And I mean, my apologies when I, they're far from between. And Tanya's like, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. And her reasonable response was, Paul is a little hesitant to come because, you know, you brought this woman with this frivolous claim. And she goes, mm-hmm, to you. I said, girl, <laughs> this is not an apology. Well, but that's, that's what it is. It's why it's so fascinating, though, is because you want to feel heartbroken for her. And at the same time, you're reminded of who she is and who she's been for all of these seasons. And it's not like that goes away, even though there's, you know, like you said, there's a reason why she is the way she is. And her mom, mom, no, but you're like, right. now I can't tell what the head is and what the tail is. Yeah, I don't so know funny. if she's misplacing all of her anger and aggression from home life onto others or if that is who she truly is and that's what she attracted i can't but, but, tell which we don't first we don't have the privilege of living our lives where we take into account every little hurt everybody that's hurt us has had in their past we can't live like right. that like that unfortunately so i can't be like well this person really made me uncomfortable uh by saying this and this and this oh but you know i have to realize is that this person grew up this way so no wonder they did this to me like no like you're still allowed to be hurt yeah, if somebody no. treats you like a shithead if some, like you're still allowed but it's it is funny we like i think as viewers we're allowed to get into the minutia of that and we get to see after all of these years why a person's the way they are but you also then see why potentially their husband doesn't want to hang out with them or the girls really hate her at a certain point because you know it's it's it doesn't make somebody less easy to be around just because you know their motivations of why they are the way they are no you're a thousand percent right i mean as much as i want to feel for kenya and hurt people hurt people i get that and a lot of me empathizes with her because I've gone through a shit ton of therapy for all the shit that's happened in my life. But the, the one thing therapy teaches you is that there's help out there for everyone. And if you're that hurt and you feel like you're that un- incapable of being loved, there are ways we could combat this that are healthy instead of calling people out of their name religiously and literally working very hard to break apart their unions left and right. Like you can't just go and try to destroy somebody's whole engagement. Paul and Tanya have been together for like a decade. That's not nice. It's just really <laughs> bad. Like yeah. she and and Nene said it the other night on Watch It Happens Live. Like it's sad, but she was like, it's sad, but I don't feel bad for her because she tried to do the same thing as Phaedra. She accused Apollo of trying to sleep with her or whatever in front of her. Like she's done the thing, these things to many relationships. So I mean, you yours breaking up is bad, but also, and I hate that this is. A, you can't pick your karma and if this is her karma she might want to look a hard, take a hard look into herself but it doesn't excuse the fact that her misplacing her frustrations from her home life on people like Tanya you know who really didn't do anything to her she didn't do shit to her I the the equivalency of you outed my wig to I'm gonna break up your engagement is not the same like it is just simply not the same caliber of insult. And then to see her misplace this anger with Marlo, just simply because she didn't communicate to Marlo where her seat was, I just, 
it was flabbergasted because they got her to the sea. And so for Kenya to go around and be like, you need to be grateful, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. A free These are free. These are free. With yeah. your two other people that are, that you all, they also got to eat for free. I'm like, sweetie, you mean your the kids? husband's yeah. whole point was reaching out to young black men and letting young black men know they could grow up to being successful older black men. The event was for the kids. Like, she was the target audience. Marlo's yeah. family was the target audience. Who You should have given them the seats for free. She's the only one that brought children, young black boys. That was the point. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And Kenya's over there throwing a fit because Marlo and her two guests, uh, her family, she does not know how to raise these boys. She is a mom team. She never wanted to have kids. And she has two now. And they're boys. And they're black boys in America. And you are mad at her for what? Not knowing that you put her in the back of you. It, oh, excuse yeah. me, the back of you and not the back of the whole restaurant. She doesn't know. The fact that she even came, that Marlo even came to King of the Vent with their history shows me Marlo's good faith. And it was actually the only redeeming moment of the entire episode for me. Because I thought it was just so sweet that she would put her kids like before anything else. Knowing she doesn't really like Kenya, she wasn't really invited to anything this episode and for her to come with these boys and be like and to tell them like don't ever let anyone make you feel second best or like second place yeah we are going to if we're not sitting up in the front we're not going to be background people and i thought that she's just like marlo has so many redeeming qualities for so many reasons i just don't understand why this woman doesn't have a peach i will give her kingers at this point well i mean is it one of those things like uh what's her name who is that who is that soap opera uh, susan lucci is she going to uh -huh. be the Susan Lucci where like she, Susan Lucci never won the daytime Emmy. Remember she was like nominated for like whatever soap opera she was oh, on yes. for like, like 40 years in a row. Or yeah. Something. I think she like finally got one. Three but, times or something. Yeah. But is it, is like Marlo or Susan Lucci? Like, is she the, is she always going to be the bridesmaid? You know, like is, and I think that's, it's a really interesting way to look at it. But then sometimes you then really appreciate and, like Marlo now, I think is more popular because of the exclusion of the peach. You know, you appreciate Marlo so much more and you realize the silliness of the peach because you're like, oh, she's amazing. Like, yeah, it's all good. Like, Andy it would be said good. that somebody in the Watch It Happens Live audience last night was wearing a Give Marlo a Peach shirt. Good. I mean, I'm sure, and I'm sure they're getting that more and more. She pitched on camera live that she should get a fine Marlo a man dating show. And Andy did not seem opposed to it and not, nor did he seem like he was just appeasing her by saying, Ooh, I think he was like, really like, Oh, that might be kind of cute. And I would watch wholeheartedly and we could like rotate the housewives that come on and help her sort out the men. I just think it would be a great time. Cause Marlo, I think has, is the gift that not only keeps on giving, it was the unexpected gift of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, I I do agree with that. The other unexpected gift of this uh, this episode, I think, was watching uh, Candy try to act uh, in her audition. Oh tape. my god, that was! I'm so glad you brought it up because I had so many things, and I was just like, so a spoiler alert for everyone: she does make it onto the shy. Um, she does. She does. Yes, she does oh. make it onto the show mainly. <laughs> because of star power though it was not needed for those people who do not know that shy is a amazing drama kind of ugh, it's not as like 
craziest power, which is like the show that Randall's involved with with 50 Cent and all that Fafty Gate stuff. Um, the Shy is on Stars, and it is written and done by Lena Waithe, who is having a major moment right now. She wrote this movie, Queen and Slim, that hit the box office. She's doing a bunch of things on BT. She has a lot of shows coming out right now. Did you read She's about her done. relationship drama lately? Yes. That was, was great. That was wild. I'm just saying, like, like, I'm like, I just like, it's like, man, that's that's a very man thing to do. I mean, I don't know. It was very interesting. I thought it was, if, if what I read was yeah, to be believed. We are very saddened by this because Lena Whip is like our God. Yes. <laughs> you want like, you, <laughs> like the we find her to be like, unequivocally the most successful thing to ever, you know, kind of come out of our generation of, of black creators. Oh, she was on Masters of None. It was like her first Emmy that she won. And it was the first black woman to win an Emmy for comedy television, I believe. And yeah, that was she in wrote like the episode, yeah. And for that to be that late is ridiculous. But she wrote the Thanksgiving episode, which is still the funniest episode of TV show to me. It's like I watch it religiously every yeah. other month. And it's it keeps on giving you good stuff every single time. Oh, Master of None, such a good show. But so she has the show The Shy, which is very, very great. It's complex. It's complexity at its finest of a community. I often say if you like Shameless, this is like the Black version of Shameless, but the same shot of Chicago. Like they all kind of coexist and they like are in this area. And the sh- the Chicago is like a totally different world than the rest yeah. of Chicago. And that's the great juxtaposition of what is the South Side and what is the North Side. And it is so, so good. And then somehow, such a great show that has been given awards with like real Juilliard trained actors and actresses. Yeah. And my friend, my friend. People like Lena yeah. Wave. And now we have a Candy Burris. That's, I mean, that's, and, uh, but by the, it, it cracks me up because that is really, that's my job is like coaching actors like that, like, or putting them on right. tape. And like, right. it was, it was, it was, it was very fun for me to watch. Um, I'm sure it was you very, like, it was very, cause I was like, I, cause, and I liked, I liked, I liked them like, uh, directing her through the scene of like, come on, you gotta be a little more manly here. And like, and I love the, the talking head of her being like, you know, I really, I just want to be taken serious for my acting work. You know, I'm like, I'm like, does any actor, no actor wants to be like, I just, I do not want to be taken seriously for my acting work. Like every actor right. wants to be taken seriously, but it was so fun. Like, I was, I got such a, I, it tickled me so much that it was like candy, like I just loved Candy trying really hard and doing a little character and, and not even, a, yeah. and I'm not trying to be dismissive of it. I just really enjoyed it. Of It just made me laugh because I was just like, oh, I love, I love Candy. Just always trying to do like push her boundaries and do right. things, you know, like I, it's I like, like that. This is, you see on camera why she is so successful because she is so committed to any opportunity that she has, no matter how, ridiculous it could be to somebody or she didn't know opportunity to her is like too small and for her not to mention I mean to be on the shy is not a small opportunity but just to audition for it she would go out as like the stud which is for people who do not know is what they literally call um, the more masculine yes. versions Wait. of lesbians, especially in the black community, but it kind of is overarching of a term. But it's I meant to ask you that. Soft, soft, that soft stud. A soft stud is like so they're basically not full on wearing tuxedos every day. 
but in like suit and tie. Uh, but there are some studs that would wear that, like regular suit and stuff. I have a friend of mine who does identify as a soft stud and pretty much like she will wear like woman's jeans. So she's not getting everything from the men's section, but her style is more so masculine um, to the point where like things are a little boxier, or baggy or not necessarily tailored to the feminine form. And that's kind of what it, that subscribes to because they do not subscribe to being overly feminine because they're not trying to get the objectification of a man. So but that Kennedy fascinates to, me. That's- yeah, which is so funny to me because what she is portraying on screen or auditioning for is the entire crux of who the creator is of this show yeah exactly yeah this, I mean, I just, that I, is lena wave and i'm like you're gonna go out as her and for her like you're gonna audition for her as her okay okay candy you're just so <laughs> ambitious <laughs> Can't, can't, hey, candy coated nights, candy coated nights. But it just made me laugh because it, this is not for nothing, but Atlanta is literally known as like a black gay mecca. Like it is like black LA, where everybody who wants to live out their artistic dreams, who are any kind of on the spectrum of sexuality, live in Atlanta. Not a single stud was in the room that could help her with that. <laughs> And well, she could I mean, have gone outside and hit and threw a rock and hit one. Jeez, I, I mean, I, you know, I find that kind of like, well, speaking of that, that culture though is that, isn't? I mean, you've already talked about the, the, you know, you've seen all of Love Is Blind, right? Wasn't he? I mean, yes. he was part of real. The, the Carlson was all Real Housewives of Atlanta, and I heard he was very deep into the the Black Atlanta gay scene. Yeah, yeah, and I remember him being on there as well, as like Cynthia Bailey's, yeah. It's a very, very, very big, beautiful deal here. They actually have a separate pride even. And it's not like meant to be separate. It's just like there is a Black Pride Day that just is like a, a really big deal because the community is so huge. They needed extra time and availability to kind of celebrate it. And it's the it's the biggest community of the of um of like of that group, pretty much anywhere i can't think of anywhere else where it would be as big so at carlton uh, i was you know not shocked to see him on love is blind but also shocked to see him on love is blind um but again i'm like candy you know we could we could call in some experts maybe a couple other acting coaches as well that could help us a little bit at least with our diction because you're not selling chicago to me yeah no i mean yeah, completely like that's i was still very uh, much so getting atlanta <laughs> Atlanta candy, <laughs> mind you, she still sounded like candy to me. <laughs> no, I mean totally. I mean that's why it was like, no, I think we know these people so well that it's like it's like watching somebody you know really well try to do a deep characterization. Yes. Is that it's like you're always going to be like, ha ha, that's just Ryan. That's just Ryan being. Oh my yes. god, damn, that's that's so silly. Ryan's doing a little voice he's doing, you know, like. And I think that's a little bit with Candy of like, even though she was trying to take it very seriously, I kept going like, oh, that's so funny. It's Candy, you know? It's like they were doing like some kind of like charades at a party or or imitations at a party. And you're like, cool party trick. (laughs) Yeah, but but you're like, oh yeah, that kind of like, it's like when I try to do like Joe Giudici on my podcast or something and I just, or no, even when I try to do Britney from Vanderpump Rules, it ends up turning like British. It'll be like, hey guys, what's going on? How are you doing? It turns like Australian. Like it's like, and so people are like, oh, that's kind of cute. You try to do that. And that's how I felt watching Candy that try to portray. Hilarious. 
the Lena Wave character. That's so, so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like, it's something funny because we'll never really get away from broad celebrities wanting to be more and not being grateful. <laughs> I use that term very loosely and not being grateful for the abundance of things that they've been given as like actual celebrities on TV shows where people recognize them, love them, and they get paid for it. But they all want to be taken seriously as actors. Like, if you do not remember, remember the days where all of Vanderpump Rules, like, active went out on, like, go-sees and auditions and modeling shoots and all that stuff. Like, the ambitions were really there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Ariana and Kristen got into a huge fight over who takes comedy more seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. I mean, it is... I mean, it is funny. I mean, but by the way, I mean, maybe like we're, we would be like that with podcasts. I don't know. You know? Yeah, maybe you're right. And I would say that those ambitious days of Vanderpump Rules are definitely far behind us. And, <laughs> and now we're in a world of VPR that I don't know. I don't understand. Um, do you understand it, Ryan? Do you know? No, do I don't. I, I, comfortable I, you know, with what we're watching? No, I, 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 I started my, um, I did a solo recap last week and I started it with saying that I feel like, you know, that song, Madonna's song used to be my playground. And it was all about the home yes. that she grew up in. And I felt like that is what should play over Vanderpump Rules because it was very sad for me to be like, this is, used to be where I would have so much joy watching it. You know, even in the dramatic, dramatic scenes and episodes and cheating, I would still enjoy it so much. And now it's gotten to a point where it's like, it is not funny to me. This is not funny to me. Like, it is not, it is not cute. It is not behavior that should be rewarded. It is not any of this stuff. And it's, uh, it's a, it's, it's not even a shell of its former self in the sense that it's like, well, nothing's happening. Things are happening. It's just horrifying things. Like these are, these right. are, it's, it doesn't even fit into a like entertainment category except masochistic as viewers that were masochistic that we would allow people. Ah, oh God. And I hate, I mean, I hate saying this because I know this really divides people because some people out there are going like, well, I side with Jackson, Brittany and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want another thing to point out how divided we are as people right now, right. you know? And I feel I like it's actively, shoving it down our face. You're right. I actively avoid, sometimes I actively do not watch the political debates because I'm watching Bravo, but then I'm turning on Bravo and I'm given a whole different thing that I don't want to debate. And I'm like, now see, this is what I didn't prepare for, was this bullshit. I think what it is, is with Vanderpump Rules, it's not even that we don't want to know that people are out there signing with Jackson Brittany on this homophobia bullshit. But like, we don't want to even have to think about crime against humanity and where we side on people's human rights by watching Bravo especially not Vanderpump Rules. None of them are equipped to handle this conversation. Yeah. Like, not a one. So I think especially with Vanderpump Rules, we've just gotten to a place where it's not even just like hate watching, it's just like dreading or it's just aggravating the amount of people that are in my DMs after an episode that are like over it and they're so tired and I'm tired and I get no joy I wrote VPR at the top of my header for my notes that I take every week for a show and then wrote nothing. Like, and I watched the whole thing. I was not bored. I cried twice. 
that was unexpected and I don't watch TV to cry. It's like, I just don't watch TV to cry and I, or to feel upset or angry or want to shout or want to hate people or fight people. So then I made a declaration on my Instagram and I'm going to formally make it here on my podcast that I am getting off of the ride of Vanderpump Rules. I am no longer going to be watching, but I will continue to cover it before you, you know, turn off the podcast and go, well, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) People signed up for certain content and I've promised certain content so much to the chagrin of myself. I will have people on here who will be able to talk the episodes with me who are watching, you know, people like Ryan, other people that have a lot of great people lined up to talk and, and fill me in on the shows as, you know, they'll be recapping and covering it with me and I'll be hearing it for the first time as you guys do. So I'll be giving honest opinions simply from someone who's like, you know, it's like trying to convince all your friends to watch something or not watch something or telling them what happened. And there'll be honest and authentic feedbacks, but you will not miss any of the recaps from Mixing with Monty. You just won't be getting them from Monty because I have to protect my sanity. And Vanderpump Rules is not doing that for me. Well, one, I think that's amazing that you actually respect yourself uh, well enough to do that because I certainly don't respect myself well enough because I will continue <laughs> to be watching. But two is, is you know, it, it, it is... Do, I mean, no, I guess my question to you is, do you think you will be able to hold true to that? Do you think if you see like crazy stuff on Twitter blowing up that you will be able to not what or if what, what if what if what if we see like uh, what if you hear on Twitter that uh, somebody like, uh, oh, my God, Jack got caught cheating at the castle during their wedding. Would you watch that? I think. For me, and I'm usually one who who will give up on any diet, any restriction. I will instantly go back to any show. I mean, I've done it with the Kardashians many times. I canceled them somewhere around the whole Pepsi commercial, and I've <laughs> gone back at least three times. So, you know, simply because like episode, like you said, episodes have been great. I think what makes it very promising that I'll be able to stick with this commitment is Jackson Brittany's presence on the show. And them being like not one, but two monsters now. And the instant feeling of guilt and sadness I get when I think of one, Jax and Brittany, the pastor and all the things that they said in like deflection of how this is not their fault and they did nothing wrong and how they just refused to see anything. I don't like talking to people who just don't listen. It's very weird for me to watch them just genuinely shut everybody down around them to the point of people having to use baby gloves on them. I work with babies. I don't want to do it at home. And then two, thinking of Ariana's final scene where she was struggling with this depression and seeing the montage of her literally, that's what depression looks like, people. It is from yes. 2015 to 2020. People constantly saying that she looks so down and doesn't she's happy. That's what it is to be depressed. Like there's clinically. no rhyme or reason, but that's what, there's no rhyme or reason. You it it it, it is it is all encompassing. It is not like I said. I made a point. I was talking about it this week. I made a point of saying, it, you know, Lala and Stasi both said, "Oh, we've been depressed." No, you've had people in your lives die, or you've had boyfriends that have cheated on you, and you felt bad. That's not depression. That's sadness. 
That and is there a, is that, a difference. They could have been depressed, sure, but, but, but it's not a clinical depression, depression. Where you live where you live with it. Right. She lives with that issue. Every that is day. A, yes. And so like that, that's what they're not understanding. And so that last scene with Tom was, you know, I spoke earlier about the Joe Teresa scene. That was the other scene where I was like, Bravo is effing intense this week. Like I, for me personally, especially coming out of a relationship, you know, like, you know, in the last couple of years that meant a lot, like that really was so dark, but also was such this sad, beautiful scene because you saw then on the other side of that, Tom Sandoval, maybe a man that doesn't sometimes have the, the insane deepness that Ariana can have, but somebody that you saw there, like, wanting to be a partner to this person wanting to be there for her saying hey i am here for you i love you i you know i i want you to live your truth and i thought that was such a a beautiful note to leave off on because it was to me the one redeeming thing in that whole entire shit show that was last week's episode was that there is love out there there is love out there there are people that want to do good for you that want you to be your best that that you can trust and I thought that was so heartwarming to see in such a weird, weird way. Unfortunately, we had to see Ariana have a complete breakdown to get to that point. But right. it's really hard when you have two really extremely genuine people or people that are living their truths, no matter what we think of that, in a in a group of of kind of <laughs> delusional just shit stains, shit stains. Yeah. You know, and it's dangerous because it's not like you know, like New York or OC, or even like I make fun of Shannon Bedore's magical undies that she's selling on Instagram. She's doing like <laughs> SpawnCon. Like you know, it's like we can laugh at that. Like the unfortunate thing with Vanderpump Rules is that you have Stassi and like people like that that actually have influence over younger people. You know, like it's not like Shannon Bedore has any influence over seventeen-year-old girls, sixteen-year-old girls, but like Stassi does. So it's like really frustrating on a show like Vanderpump Rules when you see see really uh, horrible opinions being thrown out there horrible beliefs and knowing that they do have a different hold on youth uh, other than other Bravo reality shows have. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And that's something that I was saying is like the frustration I felt when Jax was talking about um, at the dinner with Randall and Lala about how she needs to figure out her sexuality as if sure. A, she hasn't already said she is bisexual. B, we could say the same about you. And C, she has figured it out. Thank you. It doesn't concern you. But to hear him say these things, it's like now we get why you didn't get rid of the pastor early enough. And then to know that all of these people then go to, like they make pride this major ass episode every year. And it's I, infuriating I mean, to me that they literally just don't get this but they want all the attention and praise of being in West Hollywood and like this skin parade where they just get to like run around. People just yell at them and Lala to not even say oh, anything, God, not Lala. stick up to it. And I know I don't expect anything from Lauren from Utah. I don't expect that from her. I expect that from maybe somebody else from Utah, but not Lauren from Utah. So <laughs> I get that. But then at the same time, it's like, um, and you know, I've had people who say like, uh, people use the word depression so loosely. The person who's not using depression loosely is Ariana. That woman's not using it loosely. And I have had, I've been diagnosed with depression, followed a very bad eating disorder when I was very young. And Yolanda Hadid used to say on Beverly Hills that, well, you know, when you get sick, 
you get, a lot of people can get very, they can fall into a deep depression. It happens with a lot of different meds and stuff like that. That's one of the things that are side effect of most of the meds that I take for Graves' disease now. But she said that the one thing she fears more than her Lyme disease was getting depressed again because you don't know how to pull yourself out of it. And thinking about that and then hearing Tom say on Watch It Happens Live that Ariana right now in real time is in the best place of her life ever. And me knowing they haven't even shot the reunion yet. I would not feel comfortable with her being in such a great place now and anything triggering her going back into that place. That makes me so like scared simply because like Yolanda was right. Depression is like the worst because you really don't know how to get out of that. It just kind of like it's a deep hole. Yeah, there's nothing, by the way, and there's no, I mean, I, I take two forms of SSRIs because I, had dealt with depression and a definite, a, a huge period of my life where I couldn't pull myself out of it if I wanted to. And it, it um, uh, you know, so it's a very real thing to me, but also I was sitting there watching the episode, even thinking about Ariana and thinking about like when Lauren from Utah literally said, Oh, Ariana, she's a wet blanket. And like, that was so disgusting to me on so many levels because here's somebody that like, when it was fun and flirty to like go down on her in the back of a car and now you're going to talk shit just because you're with Jax and Brittany and Rand. I mean, it was like, right. and it was the way she did it was so but also flippant. we all supported so your flippant. sobriety that was yes. literally by choice and commended you for making something by choice without any intervention or anything like that. But something like depression, we can't get behind. What age are we in? Like, we're not in the early 2000s. We're trying to figure out things like ADHD and what exactly it is and how exactly do we deal with it. We know what's going on in this age of mental health. These are millennials. I have zero, like, room and time and flexibility for them to not understand this. I barely let Lisa slide with offering this depressed girl a job as a bartender. Yeah, I mean, As a reason to get up in the morning and put on blush. I was like... That is not what we give. Is is no one going to say talk to a professional? Is no one going to say take a step back from the things that are triggering you like this fucking group? Like to hear her say things like she just wants to get in her car and drive away, that she wants to drive off of a, off of a wall when she's driving home. Like, hello, alarm bells. That's not someone who's faking depression. That's someone who's genuinely struggling to just be in the presence of these fucking people. And so for me, I'm like, I'm off. I have to get off this ride because I see there's so much obligation in Ariana is like, it feels like she is just being held by the bonds of her contract at this point. And I want her and Tom so far away from these people. Yet they're well, the no, that's only I mean. voice of reasons with on that show. I mean, I, I hate that I'm like, when they're like, I just want to go and start a new life. And I was literally like, do it, start a new life, get away from there, get away. And I also said like, you know, and I, I think I posted about that the next day was that I was like, hey, you know, they're all, they're all bitching and moaning that Tom and Ariana think that they're better than everybody else. And I don't necessarily think that they think they're better than everybody else, but I am willing to say that I think that they are better than everybody else. Like maybe, <laughs> but you know what, like, Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe that's the whole reason they're getting so much bullshit thrown on them is because people are very insecure that they know that they're better than most people, you know, that they do. And like, people don't like that. People don't like, you know, Jax doesn't like when it's point, like when he has to see a physical representation of people that are trying to live their lives in in a certain way. Like, he doesn't want it pointed out that he shouldn't be doing all of this, like, shit and lies and stuff like that. 
You know, like nobody wants it pointed out to them that they're not a great person. And I think maybe for a lot of the cast, Tom and Ariana represent that. And I know they're not trying to make people feel that way, but I think they are that manifestation that like pops in front of these people going like, oh my mm -hmm. God, I really, I don't have it together at all, obviously, you know? Not to mention, I think that they represent people who have actually outgrown this group. Yeah, and I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's so they obvious. They all it's... hate so much that as much as they've said that they've grown, they haven't. And they think that because they bought houses and own lawnmowers that they've grown. But that's not really what that means. Not to mention, they've actually grown out of them. And you never want to hear or feel like somebody has grown out of you. It's like the worst feeling in the world to think that someone's at a different and farther place in their life than you, though, that we are not all headed the same direction anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But to, to see in representation and have people tell you, hey, you don't really get how to do life anymore is like annoying. And I get that. But at the same time, we fell in love with a bunch of beautiful monsters and now a couple of them aren't so monstrous and aren't just acting out of straight narcissism. And, and, and they're not people, so beautiful anymore either. <laughs> and I think a lot of the audience people, you know, they just don't know how to handle it anymore. So they hate Tom and Ariana like, for acting like they're better than a show that literally highlighted the worst kind of people. It, see, that's it exactly. Is that That's what I hate is that the viewers, a lot of the viewers are hating Tom and Ariana because they're told, like, they're like, well, maybe that's why the show isn't good because of them. And if they were gone, maybe we could just revel in all of this, like, stupidity that Jackson, Brittany, and Stasi, and we could have fun at this stupid wedding. Like, I want this wedding over. Like, this, this, that, like, the only thing that, like, when the wedding, this has to be all over in, like, two episodes. And then we still have to get to, we have to get to that scene wherever when Stasi goes, you know, witches of WeHo, Dunzo. Like, we still have the Kristen oh drama to come, obviously. Oh, my God, still that fight. Yes, that hasn't happened Stassi yet. Stassi so, isn't uh, even engaged yet. We're only eight episodes in. Like, there's, like, a 24-episode season. Yes. Oh, it feels my like I, I, God. I, I'm I, only, I, like, it, 15 it, in. No, I was, like, working on this meme of, like, the, the lady from Titanic where she's, like, it's been 94 years, you know? And that that's how I feel with this season of Vanderpump Rules is that I feel like I'm the old Whoa. lady from Titanic, you know, where it's, like... That's why I people felt... are upset because they told us that the wedding was only going to be the first part of the season. But we are actually technically still in the first part. I was... Yeah, we're technically... I so, was but by the way, I thought we were halfway I, done. I don't know how much longer they're going to drag this out, but I feel like everything, if if we're a week out of like, what do they say? Two weeks out of the wedding in this past episode. And so that means in the next two weeks, the the wedding should be done and over with, hopefully. I would but then, but, but so, also, but also starting really next week. But I don't need to see, I mean, there's no part of me that needs to see Stasi get engaged. Like there's no part. Like I will I mean, not. There in will, a cemetery. Now I just think that she's like no. too committed to this thing. It's to all, this it's persona all, she's put on. Yeah, it's all artifice. And, like, I don't... Um, but also, like, I don't know. Like, there's no... I don't know. I Maybe I'm dead inside. Maybe that's what it is. I just don't feel it. Like, I'm not going to feel a damn thing when Brittany and Jack say I do. I'm not going to feel a damn thing. Not like, at you all. know, like... I'm happy uh, I mean, that like, Tom so, actually got to go. Uh, Sandoval, I'm glad he, like, you know, got to go. Yes. But it doesn't really matter because in real time, Jax is still an asshole. And he's running around town saying that he regrets having Tom at his wedding. He still feels like he did nothing wrong. 
they didn't see anything until it was pointed out to them. So then I don't understand why they're mad at people like Tom for pointing it out to them if they hadn't seen I will, it until you, you someone know, it's pointed like, it out to them. I will say, like, I've seen, like, I've, I've, I've hung here and there with Tom and, like, he's, you know, really, like, but I will, to his credit, I remember hanging out with him in between the... Uh, you know, uh, I remember hanging out with him a couple days before Jax's actual wedding in Kentucky. And I remember, and like, he's usually, like, he's actually really good at every time of like not giving anything away, really. He'll never, like, I won't ask either. Like, I'm not, I try to like not, I, you know, I try to really stay away from anything like that. But mm-hmm. I remember him saying, uh, and now in retrospect, I found this really interesting was that, uh, and we were, I was a little tipsy, but he was like, he said, because uh, I was like, oh, how's it going this season? And I try to act all nonchalant, like I don't give a shit about the show, even though he knows I'm a freak for the show. And I go, oh, how's it going? And he goes, um, he's like, uh, you know, it's good. He's like, he's like, it's just, you know, it's like sometimes weird, like, you know, like you have to sometimes ask questions you don't want to ask or, you know, like you, you have to like, you know, point things out you don't want to point out. And like, and he, he made it sound like he was a little nervous to go to the wedding. And I find it fascinating now knowing that, he had already been kicked out of the wedding at that point and must have been asked back. And like, he knew all of that kind of stuff when he mentioned that. And I just think that's like so interesting to have all of these things happen. And then also to have to kind of keep it under wraps in your kind of everyday outside life, you know, away from Jax and Brittany, and, you know, because that's just a small part of their actual lives are these people because they're not really like they aren't in Jackson Brittany's lives anymore. You know, they're, they're right. by force. They're by force. Recently that he regretted bringing it up to Jax when he did. And I was like, why? Like, I mean, so we as viewers don't really see them as all real friendships, even though they all are, but we see them as like, no, stand up, fight for it. You got this. Like, well, teams yeah. and sides. And they're like, no, We've known each other for 20 years and now we will probably never speak again. But sure, yeah, for your entertainment, we'll hate each other. I mean, that is the depth of it where it's very interesting to think about the reality of that. And just as I always say, though, you know, when I worked at a bar, I and no part of me thought that the people I worked at a bar with in my 20s, I would know in my 40s. Like there's no and by the way, and if I and if I thought I would, then I would have been really scared in my 20s. You know, like I would have been like, oh, my God, I have to I have to hang out with that bar back for the rest of my life. Like. No, like that would be really scary. So the thing that we're seeing is like some of these relationships should have been over five years ago. And we're seeing like, you know, it's like when you wear clothing that doesn't fit you anymore and it starts to tear at the seams and you try to patch Mm -hmm. it up, but it's not really working. And so all of a sudden your ass cheeks hanging out and that's like Vanderpump (laughs) rules. It's like their ass cheeks are hanging out because they shouldn't be wearing each other anymore. They should be moving on. But we, I mean... I mean, maybe the show needs to be over t- for us as well, not just to for To be them. honest, we should have spun this off a long time ago because at this point it's just being so, so forced. And we need them to have the space and capacity to move on into other aspects of life that do not revolve at all around Sir Lisa Vanderpump or Tom Tom or anything like that. We need to move on past that. And that's hard to do because we don't like to give up things that we love. But, you know, I'm looking forward to people telling me all the things that are going on with it. I'm pretty sure I'll have a little bit of FOMO here and there, but I'm pretty sure also that while Britney's on that show, I will be just fine missing out. No, see, that's I was what I'm watching you... with half of it on mute anyway. 
you've you've saved yourself a lot of pain and trauma. And also on top of it, you'll still get all of us telling you about it. And you'll see on Twitter, you'll you'll by the way, you'll get enough of it. Like you'll believe you'll get right. enough of it already without having to like be completely frustrated on a Tuesday. Yeah, night, like I you feel know? totally relieved not having the bigotry from Jackson Brittany, the cultural appropriation from Lala, the literal delusion and bitchiness of Stasi. And like we don't get enough Sheena and Kristen and like James is both an asshole that I miss every week and then like we don't even get enough of him so all the things that I like about the show are not there and so I feel fine and I also feel very confident but in my decision going forward because I talked to my friend who went to the University of Louisville and is from Kentucky and she did inform me that in real life they do call it Versailles and did not know (laughs) and this is a educated beautiful woman you know who is getting her doctorate degree in chiropractic graduated top of her class in undergrad and she had no idea what Versailles Versailles was when I said it never heard of it wow and I was like are you for real fame I will not disclose and she was like no what's that I was like it's in your state and she goes Oh, where? She's like, oh, it's where this girl got married on the show that I'm talking about. It was at this like giant like castle. She goes, oh, like in Versailles? And I was like, you did not just say that to me. And she was like, yeah, we all call it, what are you even saying? Like, we all call it Versailles. Is, are you, what is Versailles? I was like, it's in Europe. <laughs> She's like, oh, there's two? No, you have a Versailles. Someone else has a Versailles. <laughs> God. yeah so it needs to be over. I was like to know that Brittany was right about something and that she comes from this place I will respect it from a friend of mine I will not respect it from Brittany so to that I bid VPR adieu oh my god I wonder if they're now now I wonder if you're gonna miss their first dance when they dance to Shania Twain's She's the One there's no way yeah, they can I'm show that not a, there's no I'm way they can at, get the rights oh, there's no way they can get the I'm, rights to they that. can't afford it yeah, I'm not exactly. at all upset about missing the wedding. I feel nothing about it. I don't want to make it to the wedding. I don't even want to make it to the reunion. I'm tired. So, you know, <laughs> so I did it the very, very best in my brain. In I'm my just seats, so damn tired. I'm taking a great, sane, smile-induced <laughs> nap from this show. And I will be watching bachelor well, i'm, watching I'm, I'm excited i'm all you. up in netflix now so i'm, I'm doing excited. everything yeah, but, 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 when, is, when is the love is blind reunion come out um i just actually heard today because i also just finished it today i binged in preparation for this wait <laughs> wait wait did you say it comes out today no 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 i'm just oh. not finishing it today oh okay got it okay good okay. so and i'm also hearing that in a couple times jessica from the show kept trying to leave but they kind of wouldn't let her and i'm just like "Mm, yeah i read that too which 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 but wait i read that too but like i I don't know i hear it's coming this week i i i read that she was but the the, the jessica thing is just so hysterical because even yeah she's awful like i mean like i I don't it that but by the way that's why i love reality shows is that like we get somebody that's still comfortable enough to show how like to just be themselves and maybe they just haven't learned to be the best people yet in their life i don't know it was just she she fascinated me i loved her i mean i loved her in the worst way you know Mm -hmm. 
I will be doing a bonus episode about Love is Blind at some point. Oh, you have The to. reunion, which apparently is going to air March the 5th. And I can't tell if it's going to be on YouTube or Netflix or whatever, but it's going to be out on March the 5th. So I will keep everyone posted. And that's TV I would like to talk about. Things that have nothing <laughs> to do with me. And don't, you know, go against the crimes of humanity and make us debate what's sane and what's human and what's not. Oh, God, no, this is not college. This is Bravo. And on that note, Brian, please tell everyone where they can find you and listen to you, because I'm sure by now they're convinced that you are the truth. <laughs> yeah, they're convinced that they do not need to listen. No, uh, no, uh, you guys, I've been on here before. You know the drill. It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that jazz. Follow me on Instagram. It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I'm super silly. Uh, like I said before, Monty is like the smart, uh, funny the version of all of this. <laughs> I am just the idiot, funny version of all of this. And I think no, those two worlds though. can really coexist. And I think there's room. Like, that's why I love this this group that I feel like all of us are forming together. Is that you know th- I don't know. This is you know. This is just such a special, I don't know, I just really, really enjoy this. So I hope you as listeners are enjoying this as well so we can keep doing this and keep doing this and kind of try to, to grow all of this together with each other. And, and I, yes. you know, I feel like we support each other more than the cast of Vanderpump Rules do. And I think that's Absolutely. important. We actually yeah. are doing the Ramona thing and we are supporting each other and doing our best to you know make time and stuff for each other like ryan ran home for work for this i stayed up for this it's what we do for the good of the bravo community and yeah go check out ryan's show so bad it's good it's probably one of the best energies that i've recorded with in a really long time so it was such a fun time to be well, on now i'm now i'm crying now did. you're making now you're making me cry like Tom Sandoval at Schwartz's wedding. So I'm oh taking gosh. a dog to, to wipe away my Oh tears. my God, <laughs> y'all still have Tom and Katie's re-wedding to get through. Wait, what? Because they weren't legally married or something. Wait, are they do? Oh no, that's why they go to Vegas. Don't so they, they go to Vegas oh, to do it. And I completely forgot it. about that. Oh my God. I oh, do I am see gl- the sea. Oh my Mazel God. Tov to... All oh of my you god! Who are still watching because it won't are we. <laughs> we have to watch, and I bet they get another. I bet they get. Uh, I bet he gets another drunken tattoo in Vegas too. Yep, y'all having great time with that. <laughs> 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 Will not be me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, again, you can always follow me at mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I on Instagram and Twitter for more things about me and hear my unfiltered opinions that are entirely unsolicited and of course shady memes and other fun content like that and I, of course like I said I will still be letting other people recap and talk about independent rules on the show while it's still on for the next 55 weeks um but just won't be me so with <laughs> that have a great night don't forget or great day don't forget to rate review subscribe all that and tell a friend join the mixing For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.